Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line on a Sunday final weekend of the regular season NFL. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. A lot of nickel coverage talk before the show started, so we may <laughs> want to get there as we welcome you in. Good morning, Michael Lombardi. Of course, morning, all of Patrick. our affiliates. How are you? Happy, I'm great, man. Happy Thank Sunday. You. Happy you Sunday too. to everybody in Baltimore, uh, the, the D.C. area, Chicago, New England, all those that have joined us today. Week 18, it's kind of sad. You know, it's teary-eyed day. I, you know, I love the routine of the NFL season. I love the what you do on Monday, Tuesday, and, and you lose that. I, I, and I, it kind of is hard as we go forward, and we're going to, into the – when I went to the military academy, Valley Forge Military Academy, after the first of the year, they said these are the dark days, you know, January, February, and March of the military life. And, and I think these are the dark days for me without, foot, without a lot of football, let me say that. It is a tad bittersweet, the last full slate of NFL games, Michael Lombardi, but the playoffs, it just does not get better than that competition. However, we should talk about the Jags. Let's start there. So the Jags clinched yeah. the four seed. They're going to host a wild card game next week. Okay, we'll get to who they're going to play here coming up in the ramifications. Uh, but you had issues, so let's get to them. Tennessee was the right side the whole entire way. Close six, couple shops six and a half. In fact, circle close five and a half. It's a 20 to 16 winner for the Jags on the scoop and score. Yeah, I think it went – I mean, Vrabel deserves a ton of credit. I mean, he played the game exactly how he wanted to play it. I think the biggest mistake in the game, and this is where – I wrote about this in Gridiron Genius. I don't think we discussed this enough on air for the fans. So this was a game where, you know, Henry was struggling to run the ball when they were in 12 personnel. They loaded the front up. They were playing a five-down lineman look. It was very challenging to run the ball. But when they went to their nickel front, when they went to the 4-2 look, when, when Tennessee went to 11 personnel, one back, one back, one tight end, three receivers on the field, that's when Henry had his best runs. And when they when they were able to do that, then Jacksonville went in to try just try to play their base against the against the three receivers, and then they ran bubble screens against it, and they were able to gain yards. I don't think they adjusted to that. I think they should have played made this game a nickel game because Henry was never going to be able to control the game, 
out of out of base personnel, out of 12. And I think this is what we miss. This is, instead of breaking the play down like they do on TV every play, like here's what happened on this play, here's, no, like break down the philosophy of the game and how this is going. And I really think that that was a game that Tennessee could have easily won. Josh Dobbs didn't didn't hurt them in the game. They could have easily won, but they needed to play it out of nickel, not out of base. And I think that's ultimately what cost them. And Jacksonville's offense, for all the glory that we talked about, they never could really get on track. They couldn't run the ball like they needed to. And frankly, Lawrence, you know, for the first time as a playoff experience, he didn't play his best game. And I think this will help them when they play the Chargers next weekend. Yeah, I think he nailed it. Dobbs was not the problem, Michael. Joshua Dobbs was fine. He was 20 of 29, 179. He had the bad pick, but he also had the touchdown pass. Kind of seemed in control the whole entire game. Never seemed flustered. So Dobbs wasn't the issue. They handed the ball. We knew it was going to be a heavy workload for Henry. They handed the ball 30 times, 109, 3-6 average. So it's not like he was getting off with chunks. As a matter of fact, the biggest run was called back on that penalty, which was huge, as you saw. So start yeah. on the Tennessee out of side. And that was out of nickel. Uh, and that okay. was a nickel and run. That's what you're that talking about. That was a nickel run. Yeah, I mean, that was a nickel run, and it got there. And the kid didn't even have to hold. I think that's the point. Sometimes these holding calls, you don't even have to hold. Walker wasn't going to make that play. And so, you know, this is what happened. But if I were to tell you yesterday afternoon when we were doing our show that, you know, Tennessee was going to hold Jacksonville to 212 total yards, that Tennessee was going to be able to, you know, 222 yards, that it was going to hold them to 4.7 per play, that they were going to gain 300 yards, you would say, well, that's that gives you a chance. But once again, two turnovers resulted in 10 points, and that's where they lost the game. And they lost the game there. And look, once they got behind, they can't go into a two-minute offense. They don't have it, right? Their offensive line is poor. I know they're missing three starters, but their offensive line can't pass protect. Both tackles are not very good for Tennessee. So they can't pass protect. They're a liability, especially against rushers like Allen and Walker. So that became a problem, and you don't really have a passing game. I mean, for Vrabel to get this game to where he got it to, to me, was an unbelievable job by him in terms of getting his team playing the right way. Sometimes you play the right way and you don't win. I think this was the case. A tremendous job by Vrabel, and we talked about it on the show. Good handicapping there because we said if you're going to take the six, six and a half with Tennessee, also bet that under. Closed 40, correlative betting, 2016, 36 total cashes under. Let's go to Jacksonville. A couple of nice throws by Lawrence. Other than that, the offense looked shaky, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you know, they couldn't – obviously, they, they couldn't get the running game going and they couldn't convert third downs, you know. And so they had 14 carries for 19 yards in the game, so they couldn't get that going. So they, so they put all everything on Lawrence, and the way Tennessee played it, Tennessee controlled the clock, right? So everything kind of had a sense of urgency to it when you, with the Jacksonville offense, and they just couldn't get going. And I got to say this, I was surprised more than ever about the ability of Jacksonville to pass protect. Like, I thought they gave Lawrence time to throw it. Now, I thought they, they when they started to, in the second half, they really started to run more blitzes and try to get some pressure, especially coming off the edge on all these bootlegs or throwback throws that, that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars were trying to throw. But to me, you know, Jacksonville's offense really got shut down. They did a really good job. But their offensive line held up, which is going to be key when they play Chargers next week with Bosa, Khalil Mack, and those guys as they come forward. Uh, uh, I just think, to me, next weekend, whatever the line's set at, I think the over will tick up during the week. Just give you a heads up on that because I think both teams will move the ball. 
And again, next weekend, it should be the Chargers heading to Jacksonville. The scenario today, if the Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals, well, then the Chargers will know later in the game that they have to play and go ahead and beat the Denver Broncos. But again, if the Ravens, and again, they're a disaster right now as far as injuries, if they lose to Cincinnati, Michael Lombardi, it's going to be the Chargers traveling, regardless of what happens later in the day, to Jacksonville. Right. That's right. And, and you know, look, Jacksonville's not going to be – this will – look, let's just look at – let's look at the playoffs. I mean, assuming – now, we heard a report yesterday from Adam Schefter that Lamar Jackson might be able to play. We'll see if that happens. I mean, I'm sure that's kind of what, what everybody hopes. But look at the quarterbacks in the AFC that are in the playoffs. I mean, just think about it, right? I mean, just think about those quarterbacks that made it. So we got, you know, we got Herbert, you got Lawrence, two young stars – Right, we don't know if what's going to happen in the seventh seed, but then you still have you have Mahomes coming out of there. You got Josh Allen, you got Joe Burrow. Those, are, I mean, this is why the AFC is so good. There's, there's, I just named five really good quarterbacks that are, that are playing at a high, high level that are in the AFC. So it's going to be anyone's guess at that point. And all the quarterbacks are in the AFC. We can go ahead and throw up from the Lombardi look ahead your top five quarterbacks. You take a look, Mahomes, he's pretty good. Burrow, he's pretty good. Herbert. Allen and then Trevor all Lawrence. Of them are playoff. All of them. All of them are in the playoffs, you know. And, and Lamar Jackson is going to be in the playoffs. That team will be. And then is it who will who will be the seventh seed? Will it, you know? And that seventh seed team, you know, that that quarterbacking, whether it's Tua who's injured or whether it's Mac Jones who's not playing good or whether it's Kenny Pickett who's a rookie, you know, I, I think that that remains to be seen there. What, what happens and so but I think clearly you know if you're in the AFC the, these this is what you're dealing with year in and year out and you're going to have to figure out how to deal with that and I think that leads into the first game we saw you know the Raiders really were never really had a ch they never really got themselves in it and for one reason and one reason only the Raiders played the Chiefs eight quarters the Chiefs had the ball in the red zone eight times in those two games they scored touchdowns every time you're never beating the Chiefs if you don't if you can't do better than that. 31-13 winner for Kansas City at Vegas. Vegas was never really a threat in this game. This game closed eight and a half. Some books closed nine. Stays under the posted total of 52. I know a lot were on the over. So that was uh, in Vegas yesterday. Just quickly to yeah. circle back. It, it just and I apologize for this quickly, but if Jacksonville doesn't get some semblance or a threat of a run game heading into the postseason. I, the way the pass attack looked last night, it doesn't, doesn't bode well for them, correct? Because they couldn't get anything well, on the ground. It's hard to run the ball on Tennessee. It really is. The way Fair. they play, the way they fit, their safeties fit the run really well. Their defensive line is physical. They're one-gap style, but they, they take control of the line of scrimmage. I think if they'll run the ball on the Chargers. They'll be able to have more success running the football on the Got Chargers. It. You know, and, and I think that I think everything's a matchup. Would they run the ball on Baltimore? If Calais Campbell plays, I don't think they could, you know. No, I don't think they could. But, you know, they know they've thrown the ball on Baltimore. I mean, but Baltimore, the last time they played Jacksonville, had that game. Jacksonville came storming back another fourth quarter, duh, duh, kind of another fourth quarter letdown by the Ravens. So uh, I, I think to me this Charger-Jacksonville game will be a fun game because I think both teams will be able to move the football. I think both teams' defenses – will not be as, as strong as Tennessee's defense was last night. Tennessee, you've got to throw the ball on them, 
right? And they had every opportunity to make a play, and then he misses Jay Jones in the back of the end zone. He gets he has a chance on a, another deep route, but he gets hit. I mean, th it was a little bit moving too fast, and I think that game will help Lawrence as he goes to the next game. And then we circle back, Michael, the Chiefs businesslike. They did what they needed to do because of that Bills Bengals cancellation. They clinched the one seed, so they get the first round by the Chiefs yesterday with the win against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean that you know look. Devontae Adams, your show, used to make him spectacular catches when he drops something that you think he should catch, like that one in the end zone, you know, you thought he's – or the other one that, that on fourth down. You know, if he makes those two catches, it might be a closer game, but you're right. The, the Chiefs came out there in workmanlike fashion and took the game over. And they started the game fast. They scored. And the Raiders just didn't have enough up front. I mean, the last time they played him, Chris Jones didn't make a tackle or a sack. In this game, he dominated. This game, he just completely dominated it, and, and, and it just wore down the Raiders. I think there is a factor. I, I saw this stat somewhere. Teams that play the 49ers the next week have lost, and yeah. there is a residual effect of playing against the Niners. Andy Reid with the ring around the rosy formation as well, which was interesting. Business-like win in Vegas. we got to talk about Chiefs. that for a second. Okay, yeah. when we come back, we'll talk about ring around the rosy, pocket full of Posies, Flacco, Thompson, also two teams control their own fate. Ness, and we're looking at you. It's Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. So, we told you yesterday a new special. We're running for a month special, $9.99. You become a VSIN pro. And I kind of married it with Thomas Gable's college basketball plays. Well, guess what? He was three and one yesterday. He just sent me over four, maybe five more plays this morning. So if you want to get Gable's picks, sign up right now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. But remember, for $9.99, you get everything we offer, including the guides. Lombardi Look Ahead, which we just referenced a few minutes ago. Pro tips, including all the picks. Pro tools, including the betting splits. So make sure you check it out right now, $9.99. It's a great deal. 
vsin.com slash subscribe, vsin.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, it's a big day, busy day, final weekend, final Sunday of the regular season before we head into the postseason. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. Again, this is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Ring around the rosy. I heard it's pocket full of Tony or something like that. <laughs> what is the uh, what what was Andy Reid doing with his little whirlwind there? I think what he was trying to do is create confusion on the alignment, right? So, he, you know, you know where the five offensive linemen are going to line up. And football's not a real complex game. There's only really two formations in football. Three by one, three receivers to one side, or two by two, two receivers to one side. It's either three by one or two by two. Now, what he was trying to do was confuse who those people were. So he's moving everybody around, and then they get to the line as quickly as possible to snap it so that you really don't have, a, have an idea of who's covering who. So basically, in that situation, you got to zone it off. You got to zone it off. You say, okay, we're zoning this thing off. And I think that's what he was trying to do. I don't think it was – somebody on Twitter said it was a slap in the face towards the Raiders. I mean, seriously. I mean, sometimes I, I just think people have an agenda that's unbelievable. To me, that, that that's what it was. It was trying to create confusion. It's a little bit like back in 2002 when we were at the Raiders, we would send somebody onto the field, okay? We would send a tight end out to the field, and then he would get halfway out there and he'd come back. And so then the defense see this, okay, they're going to be in 12. Oh, 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 no, now he's not in 12. He's in 11. And kind of try to create some kind of confusion within the substitution, and I think that's what he was doing. He's pulling – yeah, you pulled the okey-doke. It's okay. Yeah. And and, and, and what Andy's so good at – is where Mahomes is great at is the is what Andy does in the red zone is he tries to create misalignment he tries to create confusion because he can't run it in he knows he really can't run it in. he's not he's not going to be able to do that and he has to separate the defense that's why most of their their touchdowns are usually off loose plays Mahomes flipped the ball you know or you know he makes a play here and, and they move the pocket somewhere and then they do the things that they have to do but that that his creativity in the red zone is really good because you need that creativity it's hard to quantify as a better but you have to you have to somehow characterize life kind of intersecting with sports emotion and motivation and that brings us Nesson there's two teams that control their fate today the Patriots and the Packers and the Patriots as far as motivation in a spot they're in an impossible spot today because Buffalo yeah. is going to be so motivated and I don't say I don't say that lightly of course DeMar Hamlin making a remarkable recovery uh, from his situation on Monday night which has been so inspiring not just for Buffalo but for the rest of the league in the country here comes New England. They have to beat Buffalo to get into the postseason. This number's jumped up to eight and a half at a bunch of shops. New England just in an impossible emotional spot here, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, let's face it. I mean, New England struggles to play Buffalo without the emotion involved, right? I mean, last year they played them in the wind, and they won the game in Buffalo. Then they come back to New England, and they don't make Buffalo punt. Then they go back to Buffalo for the playoff game and don't make Buffalo punt in that game either, and they get blown out of the building. And Buffalo was operating on all cylinders. And then they play them again this year, and even though they make a punt, they make them punt, it really wasn't – they were never in control, nor did they ever have a chance to be in that game. It was the, That game was over really fairly quickly. It was a Thursday night game, and it was 17-7 to at the half, and I don't think it was that close. I really don't. And so, you know, I, I think when you break this down – this is a challenge. New England's not really well-suited to play against the six-back offense. 
you know, they don't have enough speed on defense. And Allen's ability to make plays on his own, avoiding the tacklers, and then taking advantage of the slowness of the interior of the Patriot defense is a real problem. And so this is going to be a a hard game separating all the emotion that goes into it. This is almost an impossible game. The Patriots have to reconstruct themselves to beat Buffalo. And I think it's the same thing with the Raiders. They're going to have to reconstruct themselves to beat Kansas City. They can't block Chris Jones. You know, if you can't block Chris Jones and you've got a guy at right guard named Bars trying to block him, then you have to rethink it. It's the same thing with Buffalo. If you can't tackle Allen and you're not fast enough on defense, you've got to adjust your team to be able to beat the team you have to beat. And I think that's where New England is right now. And, of course, Miami division rivals will be pulling for the Bills because if the Patriots lose and Skylar Thompson and Miami wins today, they'll be in the postseason. The Patriots, Michael, Two and six ATS as underdogs. They're 0 and 4 their last four as dogs. What's the perfect scenario for the Patriots? If Patriot backers are taking the eight and a half, what happens if they cover that number? Well, if they cover that number, it's because Stevenson and Damian Harris are running the football. They're controlling the clock. They're slowing the game down. They're taking the Mike Vrabel game plan last night and applying it to today. They're limiting how many times Josh Allen has the ball on the field, and they're playing great red zone defense, right? So all those 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 touch that those those opportunities that they're going to have in the red zone, you've got to be able to stop them from scoring touchdowns. You know, and the last time they played, Buffalo was three for three in the red zone. Okay, so, you know, I mean, that's the problem. So you gotta, you got to control the clock. You've got to run the ball. You've got to be able to score. You've got to convert third downs. And you've got to be able to play really good in the red zone. And that's something that New England has struggled to do. And you've got to force them into some third. You've got to force them into some third downs. I mean, last time they played them, they had 15 third. They forced them into 15 third downs. But guess what, Patrick? Buffalo converted nine of them. They were 60% on third down. So, you know, you force them into third down, great, but if you're converting them at 60%, which is well above the average, that's not good enough. So if you're bad on third down, situational football, and you're bad in the red zone, how do you win? So to win, you've got to be great on third down, at least force them to there, and you've got to be really good in the red zone. Those are the two areas you've got to focus and concentrate on. Yeah, there's a talent disparity here with the Patriots and Bills, and I would imagine Patriot fans paying attention on Ness and head to church Say a couple of Hail Marys. However, I'll give you some hope. Uh, Buffalo's 4-1 and one outright their last five home games, although they haven't covered their 0-4-1 ATS. So maybe the 8.5 is enticing enough for you Patriot fans. It's been a weird year. I, a lot of Patriot fans thought this was going to be a disastrous year, and they're sitting 8-8 eight and eight with an opportunity to make yeah. the postseason. So again, Belichick does it again. Yeah, I mean, look, they've got to start fast, too. Okay, so the last time they played, right, the Bills get the ball to start the game, and they go – well, the Patriots get the ball to start the game, and they go three and out and punt. Okay, the the Bills get the ball, they get a field goal. The Patriots get the ball again, they score. Next thing, then Buffalo comes back, they score two touchdowns, so now all of a sudden it's 17-3. to And, you know, the Patriots in the second quarter, they go punt, 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 miss field goal. And you can't do that. You can't have – they had three three-play drives in the second quarter. You can't do that. You, you can't do that. You've got to be able to get first downs. And when you look at the thing, they don't get – really, they got five first downs. Of all their first downs, they got five of them on the last drive of the game, which was meaningless, right? The game's over. So the offense is going to have to take a mother may I step forward here as well. So they'll have a new offensive coordinator in New England next year. My, my assumption is that's 100%. 
Are you? Well, I, would you? I, I think you know one thing about the head coach. You know, the head coach sees he, he's obviously smarter than everybody when it comes to football. Way smarter than me. Uh, I mean, he sees the problems. I mean, I think it's it's aware. I think it's when do you deal with the problems, right? You don't deal with them now. I mean, it doesn't do you any good to deal with them now. You have to deal with them at the end of the year. 100%. And so that leads me to my next question. Mac Jones, 100%, no doubt, entrenched as the starter next year? Or are there some questions going into the offseason? I would think there's a lot of questions. I think, you you know, I'm not in the building, so I don't know, is it players, coaching, or scheme? But here's what I do know. Last year when he played for Josh McDaniels in that offense, he played pretty well. There was hope there. Did he play great? No, but for a rookie, he played really well. Played better than any rookie last year. Played better than Trevor Lawrence last year. You know, and so what I'll always go back to is this. Steve Young played in the USFL, did not play very well. Got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went to Tampa, did not play very well. He was absolutely thought of as a no-chance player in the league, even though he was a great player at BYU. When he got with Walsh, all of a sudden that career turned around. Now he's a Hall of Famer. I think a lot of this you have to be really careful about who's coaching the quarterback and who's developing the quarterback and then what offense is around the quarterback. So I'm not saying that Mac Jones isn't the problem. I'm saying I think you've got to be able to really detail your answer out to understand that. I don't think Max played well at all. I think his behavior, his leadership hasn't been what it needs to be. However, that being said is until you really know, you can't give up. You think there's, you think there's something to him being a dirty player? I don't think that's I, – I think he's a competitor. I don't think that. I really don't. I, I don't. Okay. okay, fair enough. So the answer, Nesson, is we got to go back and get Josh McDaniels and Mick Lombardi to come back to the Patriots. It's simple. <laughs> so you, we solved your offensive problems. You're welcome. Uh, when we come back, the Miami Dolphins have an opportunity after just a disastrous stretch here to get into the postseason, and it falls on the arm of Skylar Thompson. Huh? That's next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Should also welcome in a bunch of new radio stations across the country joining us on VSIN along for the ride. So we welcome you as well, Nesson, Masson. Masson, don't worry. We'll get to the Ravens and Commanders coming up in just yeah. a little bit. But Michael Lombardi, we just mentioned if the Patriots were to fall and they are eight and a half point dogs to the Bills today, Miami's got a clear shot into the postseason. They win, Miami. In P the Patriots lose, they're in, and they get Joe Flacco. So here we go. Skylar Thompson's going to start for Miami. It's a three-and-a-half-point number with Miami laying it. Here comes the Jets and Flacco looking to play spoiler. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't understand the overreaction to Flacco, right? I mean, when Mike White went down, I mean, the Jets were favored, and then Mike White, as because Mike White was the starter, and then Flacco comes in and that line shifts four points. I mean, four, 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 four points. Like, I don't understand it. Like, um, is Flacco that bad? I mean, look, the Jets have to play better defensively than they played last week in Seattle. They gave up the first play of the game, a 60-yard run by Kenneth Walker. You know, their, their defense is built for this game. I mean, look, they played they play Buffalo well defensively in, in both games. I mean, they had, a third, they had a big lead against Buffalo. They lost it. They came, I mean, they were coming back against Buffalo. They beat Buffalo once. They turned them over. It's the same thing with Miami. They beat, they, you know, they had that game was a 19-17 to 17 game, and then the, this fourth quarter they took it over. But for me, the Jets have to win this game with their defense, win this game, run the football a little bit, you can run, and Miami's defense isn't enough to carry them. 
And I think Skylar Thompson will have a chance, but they've got a, to me, this is a game that the Jets should win. I mean, they should win. They're playing against, you know, they have an experienced quarterback who understands what they need to do. They're going to play man-to-man Miami against a team that has good receivers. So Flacco can make those throws. It's not going to be a complicated game for him. If they protect, Flacco should play well. Look, I'm no Flacco fan here, but to me, I, I don't understand the disrespect for him. You know, I mean, Mike White, Mike White is, is like we're overselling Mike White. It's almost like he's, he's, he's appraised at a number that doesn't exist. He's like some of these tech companies that are out there that, you know, they, they've never earned any money, but yet they're praised at $14 billion. Like, I don't understand it. So to your point, prior to the Flacco announcement, Mike White and the Jets were one-point favorites on the road at the Dolphins. As soon as it was announced, it flipped. Michael said a four-point move, we go through zero up to the Jets catching three after the announcement of Flacco. So if Flacco's that bad, what's it say about the backup quarterback there with the Jets? His name is Zachary Wilson. I don't understand this for me. This is the life of me. I don't understand how in January of 2023, Zach Wilson, we can't play him, even though he led them to a victory against this Miami Dolphins with his fourth quarter play. And yet in July of next year, he's going to be good enough for us to build a team around. Somehow connect those dots for me. Like, I don't understand it. Are you getting rid of the other 46 players on the team? And you're going to keep Zach? Like, they all know it. Like, I mean, I don't understand it. Like, this is the greatest opportunity to go to Zach and say, Zach, here, here's your chance. We've got everything at stake here. We're going to count on you. We're not going to ask you to do more than you're capable of doing, but you're going to have to rally and play. Like, to me, this is like, okay, well, I'm not going to let my kid go out and play today. Like, at some point, you got to let him go. I, I don't get it. I don't understand the logic. I'm going to have to, somebody's going to have to explain it to me because it makes no sense. If you're saying he's coming back and we're not going to give up on him, then let play him. Play him. I mean, yeah. if Flacco's better than him today, what's going what's to happen between now and next July that's going to make Wilson better than Flacco? Is he going to go to some seminar? Is he going go to go to listen to some kind of meditation program? I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I think Robert Slaw compared Joe Flacco to a reliable Ford truck yesterday, so a, an odd comparison, but he's Zachary until the adults let him out of the house, and then he'll become Zach Wilson. So again, here we go. Miami, how about this? So Miami's win total was set at eight and a half. Remember, they opened the year eight and three through 11, and now they're sitting eight and eight. So if you have that ticket, you're praying for a win today if you're a Miami Dolphin future backer, but Again, yeah. what you've heard as far as rhetoric from the Jets coming out, they want to play spoiler. Salah says the team's going to be ready to go, so we'll take we'll his see. word for that. Yeah. I think this is a big game for Salah, too. I mean, because, look, let's face it. You know, I mean, why can other teams win with their defense and kicking game and marginalize the quarterback and the Jets can't? Like, I don't understand that. Like, you know, he went out to Seattle last week, and, and Seattle really didn't throw the ball on him. Seattle ran the ball on him. And they never were in the game. They never were in that game in a playoff atmosphere. So to me, like, this is his moment. Like, this is truly, this game is a game that propels their team into next season. Now, I get it. It'll be hot down there. It's going to be 80 degrees, humidity at South Florida. I get all that. But if you're a defensive coordinator and you're going against the third-string quarterback for Miami, and we're not sure who's going to be the left tackle. Is Armstead playing? You know, what's the offensive line look like? Miami's not exactly the healthiest team either now. Like, they've got a lot of injuries there, too, besides the Tua one, right? Besides the Tua injury, they've got a lot of injuries there. So I just think, to me, I have real – I mean, to me, this is an opportunity for 
the Jets to dominate the game, to, to show that they're ready to go into next season. A lot of questions about head coaches. Generally, when you head into an offseason, there's six or seven coaches that are going to lose their job. That's generally the number. I, I don't know if it's going to be that high this year, but I will say you hear about Stefanski. Obviously, we hear about Kingsbury down in Arizona. There's others. We don't hear about Salah. Salah seems to be fine there with the Jets. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he is fine. I think that you know Woody Johnson, who runs the team, the owner, and I think that you know to me he probably feels like we've made progress, which they have made progress. I mean, in fairness, they have made progress. You know, and the record looks like, and the record indicates progress. The scoreboard looks like progress, and the team looks like they've made progress. Now, obviously, the the elephant in the room is the quarterback position. They haven't made progress there, and that's going to determine the future of the franchise moving forward. But they're better on defense. The offensive line has been devastated with injury. That's going to be a big issue today. I mean, Bradley Chubb is listed as questionable. Will he play with a calf injury? And I don't think Dwayne Brown is going to play for the Jets, so that's a real issue. So their backup tackle situation isn't very good. You know, and I, and I think that, you know, he's got a shoulder, and they've got a bunch of other injuries in that offensive line, which then compounds the problem because the Jets offensive line for for Joe Tom for Joe Douglas to be there as long as he has and to have this line it isn't very good now yes I know he's had a lot of injuries I get that but you know usually good lines don't get hurt okay I mentioned Stefanski in Cleveland so let's talk about them they're in Pittsburgh today Pittsburgh just an awesome finish to the season for Tomlin and Pickett Pickett in Pittsburgh lane two and a half hosting Cleveland Jadavion Clowney was sent home there seems to be some inner strife there within the locker room yeah I think there's inner strife but I think there's unity now I think that what, what Garrett said about like I thought Garrett supported the program I don't I don't think Garrett sure. supported Clowney I think he supported the program which is a huge huge boost to the team morale and look let's face it uh, Watson hasn't played well and you know they they've had they've lost a lot of close games. They've made a lot of bad decisions. I mean, let's go back to the Charger game early in, in October. You know, it's you got fourth and inches at your own twenty-five, and you go for it, and then you lose the game by three. Like somebody explain that decision to me. Somebody explain that as you look over the landscape of the year and how many times you've gone for it on fourth down. I, I think that's a problem. But this is a moment here where. I think this is an important game for Stefanski. I think his team defensively, Joe Wood, the defense coordinator, has got to show up. I mean, you're playing against a rookie quarterback. You're playing against an offensive line that, yes, has gotten better, but they're still not an elite line. You've got to be able to stop the running game and put some pressure on Pickett. One thing we know, I mean, Pittsburgh's not a dynamic offense. So the game should be a close game all the way into the fourth quarter, and you should have an idea. You should have a chance to win the game. I think it's a huge game for them. I think it's a huge game for Pittsburgh. But I think it's a huge game for the Browns. Why more than ever? It's because Pittsburgh is is not as talented as Cleveland, and yet Tomlin has gotten more out of them than the Browns have gotten out of their team. Maybe look to the under here. Two offenses you can't trust with the Browns and Steelers. Watson has been a disaster. At least they can get out of the contract. Oh, no, they can. It's guaranteed. Anywho, uh, all five of Deshaun Watson's starts have cashed to the under. The last six for Cleveland have cashed to the under. And again, it's not like it's a prolific Steeler offense and you got a total sitting there of 40 at most shops. Yeah, and I mean, when they played them the last time, when they played them at home on the, I think it was a Thursday night game, right? I think that was a Thursday night game. I mean, they were, Pittsburgh was, was not nearly the team that they were today. Like they've improved leaps and bounds from that game. And Cleve, especially defensively, because Cleveland controlled this game for 36 minutes. 
They had the ball for 36 minutes, and they ran the ball down Pittsburgh's throat, 38 carries for 171 yards. So they were able to dominate the game from start to finish. You know, and, and Brissett played effectively. They were able to stop Pittsburgh from converting third downs. Pittsburgh was one for nine on third down. And even though Pittsburgh threw the football effectively and they didn't turn it, they only turned it over on one fumble, they were able to control the game with their defense because Pittsburgh only had the ball for 23-51. So to me, this is a tale of two different teams. Trubisky started in the last game. Now they get Pickett, who, again, you know, he's going to have to prove. He puts one or two drives together, but not. it's not a consistent flow. Okay. For our Masson audience, we're coming back with Baltimore and the Commanders. Here's the question. Who's starting today in Cincinnati for Baltimore? I don't know. Who's starting today for the Commanders? Sam Howell. Okay. It's just been a revolving door of quarterbacks this year in the NFL. We'll get to the scenario. Remember... The Ravens can still host a postseason game. If they beat Cincinnati today, they would have beaten them twice, even though Cincy wins the North. We'll explain when we're back. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all the legs of the parlay hit except one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. So log into your account or download the app. And sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Then place a one-game parlay uh, wager with four legs or more on any pro football game. If you miss one of the legs, you're going to get 25 bucks back in free bets. It's a great deal. Just go check it out. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. you got to be 21 years or older. As we welcome you back to final... Sunday of the regular season. Of course, we've got the postseason to look forward to. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network of the Lombardi line. So uh, we have a situation. We'll get to the Ravens in just a bit. Let's start with Washington here because what's interesting about Dallas at Washington, Dallas is laying seven and a half, Michael, but that's going to be 
the a, a game that coincides with the Giants and Philadelphia. Remember, if Philly were to lose to the Giants and Dallas were to beat Washington, uh, Dallas could win the division. Now, we'll get to Philly. Philly's a 16-point favorite against Davis Webb. But let's start here. Uh, it's been a weird year for Ron Rivera and Washington. Even weirder, they're starting Sam Howell today. Yeah, I mean, look, this is about next year. I, I think these, there are some games on our board today that are first-half bet games, and this is one of them. This is one. Look at what the first-half line is for Dallas. And if you and if it's a good number, and I don't know what it is out here. I'll get it to you. It, it, it's, it, it's worth playing because I think what you're going to see is some scoreboard watching here. I think what eventually you'll see is, and Philly is also a first-half play game. And I think that number, you're going to pay a huge tax on that number because I think the book knows this, right? So Philly's going to get out in front. I mean, they're playing Davis. These two games kind of work hand-in-hand hand together, so we have to kind of handicap them both together. So Philly's going to get ahead of, that, of, of the Giants. The Giants are in full retreat mode. I mean, full retreat mode. So they don't really care about this game. They care about Minnesota. Whereas Dallas knows that. And so Dallas, once Dallas sees that, then the game becomes meaningless to them. And so the Parsons and the, all the players that they have to protect for their game against Tampa next week have to, come, have to be healthy, have to stay healthy for that. They don't want to lose a guy late. They don't want to lose Dak Prescott in the fourth quarter of a game that, you know, they're not going to improve their seating. So I think that's where you have to be really careful. And then for Washington, look, I don't know where Washington's motivation is. Their offensive line isn't very good. I think they want to watch Sam Howe, who played very well in the preseason. But there's so many questions around Washington. It's very difficult to see where they're going. Under normal circumstances and the ownership of Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera wouldn't be able to get to another year because he typically fires coaches even if they go 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, he fired Marty Schottenheimer at 8-8, eight eight, right? And so Ron Rivera hasn't had a winning season in five years as a head coach. I mean, that's just fact. I mean, a wonderful man, but he hasn't had a winning season, and he's not going to have one this year either. So for me, I think this is one of those games where there's so much uncertainty on the Washington end. Will they play hard? I assume so. Is Sam Howell going to be better than Heineke? Yeah, I think at least he gives him a chance to play. Will he make mistakes? Naturally. What's Dallas's motivation? I think it's going to be strong in the first half, not very strong in the second half. So okay. I, I was kind of confused why this line is at seven because I think to me eventually Washington might end up winning this game because Dallas will retreat. Okay, well, like Michael said, if you want to mitigate some of that potential lack of motivation in the second half, Dallas – Full game, seven and a half. How about this? They're a six and a half point favorite in the first half. To your point, it almost mirrors the full game number, which yeah. is they, not they don't, very They're common. trying to deter you. Yeah, they're going to deter you from betting the first half because they know what's going on, and and they're, they're, they're on to it, right? And that's what makes this weekend so dangerous to navigate because of, you know, what is the motivation? What is, you know, we know the Giants – are not going to play anybody that they can play. I mean, obviously you have to put guys on the field, but with they, they they bypass Tyrod Taylor to go to Davis Davis Webb. Think about that because they want to make sure Tyrod Taylor's healthy for next week too. They need their two quarterbacks, and so they go there. And then they're going to you know they won't they'll rest all the guys that they have to rest with the appropriate because you still got to dress forty six players. But for me. You know, they're going to be in full retreat mode. That, this game's going to just try to get over. They don't care about this game. They care about their playoff game. And the Eagles at some point won't care about this game either once they get control of it. You know, like and yesterday, I was surprised. I was surprised when it was 24 to 6 late with six minutes to go. What's Mahomes doing in the game? Like, what's he doing out there? Like, what, that game was, there was no chance they were losing that game. 
Eagles, by the way, 10.5-point favorites in the first half. So big numbers to that. cover. Yeah, it's huge. Okay. Although let's get to I, think, the, I think the Eagles will be up by two touchdowns in the first half. I really do. I would be shocked if they're not up 24 to nothing at halftime. I would play that. I really would. I would play that. I think, to me, Philly's going to come gangbusters out. They're going to get the lead, and then they're going to pull their guys to rest them and and then go from there. Unfortunately for Commander fans, the more important story in the DMV continues to be the Ravens. So here we go. The Ravens can still host a, po a postseason game if they beat Cincy. comes down to a coin flip. Remember that. Uh, so this is nine and a half right now since he laying it since he's on a historic ATS streak We'll get to the numbers Baltimore what they're gonna do at quarterback is the question Michael Yeah, I mean, I think it's Anthony Brown. He took all the reps, right? And they're not gonna make the decision. They brought up Brett Huntley To the active roster so that 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 means it could be Anthony Brown and Brett Huntley at quarterback now Look, we know this it, 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 does it really matter who's playing quarterback? Because typically when the Ravens play, they either they have to run the ball anyway. I mean, they get 100 yards out of their passing game no matter who's the quarterback, including Lamar sometimes. So, I mean, that's really what it is. But, again, they're, they know that they're up against it. Cincinnati's going to play hard for at least a half to get control of this game and make sure that they're secure. But then at some point, Cincinnati's got to play them again next week. This is a challenging spot. How much do you show if you're Cincinnati? How much do you show the game plan to Baltimore? How much do you declare? Because you're gonna. This is gonna be a rematch game. We're getting this game again next week, and and it's always challenging to do that. So, I think Baltimore will will do what they typically do. They'll try to run the ball, play as close as they can, keep the score as close down. But Cincinnati's offense is really kind of somewhat explosive. I mean, they beat them 19 to 17 in the last game, and that was a great effort with Lamar playing. Cincinnati didn't play their best game that day. Cincinnati's playing a hell of a lot better now than they did then. Yeah, the Bengals 12 and 3 ATS this season. They're 20 and 3 ATS their past 23 games, including last year's postseason. That's the best 23 game stretch as far as ATS in the Super Bowl era. So they've been awesome. Your takeaway from the Bengals, the kind of this stretch and moving into the postseason, very dangerous. Yeah, I think they are, Patrick, and I mean, I think they'll be even more motivated. I think as much as we talk about the emotional relief that Buffalo got because DeMar Hamlin has really turned the corner and we feel like he's doing really well, even though he's still in critical condition, you know, he's talked, he's FaceTime, he's texting, all those things. That's wonderful. But Cincinnati the same way here. I mean, they, had their, they were traumatized as well. They were as much a part of the DeMar Hamlin situation as anybody. I think they're going to come out at high emotional level and try to move forward, and they want to beat Baltimore. They want to get this thing secure so they don't have to deal with the coin flip, right? They don't want to have to deal with any coin flips. But at that point, what point do they then say, okay, here's enough. Enough is enough. The Bengals right now, by the way, over at DraftKings to win the Super Bowl, your fifth betting favorite at 8-1. to one. So the four teams that proceed or are ahead of them. Kansas City, 3.5-1, to one, no surprise. The Bills, 4-1. to one. The Bills had been your favorites at DraftKings all year. Now the Kansas City Chiefs have jumped them. The Eagles at 5.5-1 to one, and the 49ers at 6-1. to one. Then you get the Bengals, your fifth betting, betting favorite at 8-1, to one, Michael. Uh, Cowboys, 12-1 to one after them. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bengals are really they, – they, defensively, they get control of the game. They don't play as well in the first half. They kind of game plan. Lou Amaromo does a great job of adjusting his game plan out. They know what Baltimore's going to do. They know Baltimore has limited quarterbacking ability. I mean, I don't know how Baltimore's offense is going to function today without Deshaun Jackson on the field. How is that even possible? I mean, last week when we were watching the game, it was, oh, they got to get the ball to Deshaun Jackson. You know, that's all we heard from the announcers. And now he's not even on the team. So, like – 
I, I say that sarcastically. Like, that's, they can still function. But, I mean, this is all comes down to J.K. Dobbins and, and Bradley, all those guys running the football because that's what Baltimore's offense is. They are truly an academy offense. And when I say academy, I mean Air Force, Navy, Army. That's what they are. That's really what they are. I think if you were just to say the names John Harbaugh and Ron Rivera, I don't know if a, if a casual fan you'd have much of a delineation because of Rivera's 15-1 season. John Harbaugh never has a losing season. Ron Rivera never has winning seasons. And I'm not being disrespectful yeah. to Ron Rivera. No, he's, he's had, had three, three in, in his What he's had three in is his coaching career. I mean, you know, and he's, and, but that, they are what they are. I mean, that's what the facts are. You know, and, and whatever the situation, he didn't make any coaching changes to his staff last year. Have they improved the quarterback? Look, this team will be sold. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think every, all the wheels are in motion, and I think it'll be a record price. And I think this new owner, whoever takes over the team, will need to start fresh. The Packers, they win, they're in. If I told you when they were 4-8 and eight that the Packers were going to have an opportunity to control their own fate against the Detroit Lions at Lambeau to close out the regular season, you would have said, you're drunk or you're on ayahuasca like Aaron Rodgers, but it's true. The, Ro yeah. the Rodgers... I'm not sold on them yet either, though. I mean, they haven't convinced me yet either, so... Well, I'm sure Big Daddy Vince, your cousin, is very positive about the Packers. No, we'll get to not, them not coming up least. next here. Lombardi line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 